This is one of those Sundays that you think, oh gosh, what am I going to do with this? In the season of Pentecost, in, um, as the weeks go on and on, we have a focus in the scriptures on Jesus' teaching. And usually it comes, you know, just excerpted out of the story, so it's hard to understand the context in which it's expressed, at least in Sunday worship. It's hard to understand the context in which the gospel is, is expressed. And so it comes off feeling really heavy. And, that, and those of you that were around during August, you know there were some heavy Sundays there of Jesus' teaching. And here is yet another one. Whoever comes to me, he says, and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself cannot be my disciple. Hearing Jesus' words, you start to think, I think this might be crazy talk. Something about this doesn't feel quite right, this instruction to hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even life itself. I know that there have been times when people have taken this instruction literally, and um, I'm thinking particularly of clergy who have thrown themselves into the ministry and denied their spouses and their children even the care that they give to the congregation because they're so busy um, hating them, if you will, quote, end quote. One solution was to have clergy who were celibate, so then you didn't have to worry about um, having to let go of family. You just didn't have any, except for the community in which you lived. And, but that hasn't seemed to be the answer all it was hoped to be either. So this instruction here of Jesus is about denying everything in order to follow him, begs an understanding of what was happening during the time. Jesus was doing amazing things. Not only did he teach in a way that people could understand and grasp, but he was doing miracles. He was healing the blind, helping the lame to walk. Those who had leprosy were cleansed. People were watching him change other people's lives, and they wanted to be with him. So if you can, can imagine him in, in the fame he was gathering as he went from town to town around the Sea of Galilee, people were becoming some of his followers. They were becoming his groupies, if you will. And a large crowd, as we see here, was starting to follow him around. They wanted to be with Jesus. But Jesus knows what's to come. And he knows what he'll have to face in Jerusalem and the challenge that's there the evil that will make itself known and won't stop. And it's going to be really, really hard. And so he gives a warning to those who are following him of what it's going to cost them to be his groupie, to be his disciple, to be his follower. Still, these words are hard to conceive of what exactly they might mean. I'm reminded of the story of Harriet Tubman, her life, as a demonstration of this. Maybe you know a little bit about Harriet Tubman and her work in freeing slaves um, in the mid-1800s, in late 1800s. Her first attempt to escape slavery she made with her brothers in September of 1849. But after just being away a week or so, one of her brothers had second thoughts. It's believed that perhaps he had just recently become a father, and so the brothers wanted to return back to their family, the people that they loved, and Harriet then was obligated to do the same. But before the year ended, she set out on her own. 
I made the long trek from Maryland to Philadelphia, some 90 miles, and found her freedom there. I have to believe that in order to make that journey, she had to be prepared that she would never see her family again, her brothers, her sisters, her husband, her parents. She had to reconcile herself to the fact that that might be the reality she would have to live with. But Harriet wanted freedom, and she wanted freedom for her family too. And so she set out over the course of 11 years to help them gain their freedom. 13 journeys she made on the Underground Railroad, traveling these 90 miles by foot. Most of the time she made these journeys in the winter when the night came early and stayed late. And when people were mostly in their homes, those that had them, giving them opportunities for shelter. But with each attempt, I'm certain she was aware that it could be her last. Everything was on the line each time, and it required an awareness and a dedication to fighting for freedom to see her through. It's understood that she carried a revolver with her on these journeys, no doubt helpful in all kinds of situations, especially if you're being pursued to death. But it's told that there was at one time one of the slaves that was seeking freedom and a part of the group that she was shepherding across these 90 miles had a little moment of trepidation and wanted to go back. And she made her point to him with her revolver that death would be his either way. And so he stayed on. Fighting for the freedom, the love, the gifts that God has for us sometimes requires more than we have the capacity for. And without a singular focus and dedication, we will wane from the task. We'll get distracted. We'll see a wolf in sheep's clothing and convince ourselves that it's really a sheep because it's easier that way. And that's what Jesus is calling his disciples to and calls us to even in this day and age. You might wonder what evil there is to fight in this 21st century. I dare say, though, that if you take a moment, you would have an answer. So how is it that you fortify yourself for this journey? How is it that you practice being prepared to let go of it all for what you know is the bigger goodness for all? For what you know God is trying to bring about? Jesus was working on bringing about a new kingdom, and people had some very particular thoughts about what that kingdom would look like, and they projected those thoughts onto him. And you hear in the scriptures where they're irritated with him because he's not doing it right. He's not being the Messiah like he's supposed to be. And Jesus has no small words for them. I'm thinking particularly when he speaks to Peter and he says, Get behind me, Satan. You cannot distract me from what God is trying to do here. Jesus is bringing about a new way. And it is beyond any of our comprehension. But it's not beyond our capacity to be faithful. He provides for us, even in the invitation, and assures us that with him we will find what we are looking for. And so our gospel lesson today helps us remember how it is that we equip ourselves for faithful service, whatever that might be, how it is we fortify ourselves in the calm of the day for when the fight comes. Indeed, gathering ourselves together in this place, focusing on word and sacrament, it helps us get our head and heart on straight so that we're ready for what the days bring in the days ahead.
I dare say that usually by Wednesday or so, it's kind of worn off. And we forget a little bit who we are in Christ. And so a daily interaction with God through prayer and study is what keeps us clear on what is most important. What helps us have the strength to let go of those things we cling to in this world so that we might have what we ultimately long for, which is a new kingdom, new life in Jesus. This is the promise for all creation, and we're invited to follow. Amen.